Amen. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, you pray in your own heart and lift these things to Him as uh, we go to the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, again, we bow. Uh, and we thank you, Father, for the privilege of prayer. Now, forgive us for not praying as we ought. And yet, Lord, we, we now take this time because it's, it's one of the most important things other than the preaching of your word and that we do this morning is to, is to look to you and to call upon you. Uh, and so, Father, now we, we do just praise you. We praise you for, for your eternal love and in your grace in our lives. Lord, uh, I lift up to you, Dad, and uh, that you would uh, be with him and, and just continue to uh, strengthen him, have mercy on him for healing and for his pain, God. Lord, I do uh, lift up Paul and Sarah to you and, and little Noel. And uh, Lord, we just, we just uh, ho- uh, lift them up, God, and just... Be with them and encourage them. Lord, I pray for little Sarah Jane. And God, just uh, uh, be with the parents uh, uh, for us and, and uh, for Rachel as they're dealing with this whole matter. And I pray for Andrew and his uh, healing. And for Ben and his examination coming up, Lord, that you'd be in the midst of all of that. For all the, the expectant mothers, we lift them to you and uh, for Car- uh, Kevin and Scarlett as they travel and as they look forward to using them in, in the ministry and studying and preparing, Lord, uh, bless them. And for Ben and Kelly as the counseling will begin and, and be, the, be there in a, in a powerful way. For Amelia as she travels back. And uh, Lord, for, for Greg and his financial needs and for his family. Lord, this is a tumultuous uh, time for them. Lord, uh, help us to do what we can to be a part of that as he's visited this church and David works with him. And So God, uh, uh, Lord, have mercy. You're a gracious God and a loving Father, and uh, we just look to you, Lord. Bless us now as we look into your word. Uh, speak to my heart, Lord, because I'm... Uh, weak and frail, prone to wander. Uh, sin against you every day in thought, word, and deed. But Lord, work in us by your mighty power. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's turn to Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. And I'll be reading 14, verses 14 through 21. It's been two weeks since we've seen this. Last week we, we uh, looked at the great shepherd of the sheep from Hebrews 13 for Easter. Now returning to, to Romans 15. Concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able also to admonish one another. But I have written very boldly to you on some points so as to remind you again because of the grace that was given me from God to be a minister of Christ to the Gentiles, ministering as a priest the gospel of God, so that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable, uh, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. 
For I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed, in the power of signs and wonders, and in the power of the Spirit. That's what we're going to look at this morning. So that from Jerusalem and round about as far as uh, Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And thus I aspire to preach the gospel not where Christ has already, was already named, so that I would not build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, they who had no news of him shall see, and they who have not heard shall understand. And may God bless uh, to our hearts this, this portion of his word, because it is his word. It's his word uh, that speaks to us. Uh, we, we saw... Two weeks ago that Paul's goal was to, uh, to boast in Jesus Christ. God is at work. We talked about that. And he is working today. Believe me, he is working. I have seen it, heard about it this morning, and we'll share that in a minute. Don't you hate when somebody does that? Huh? <laughs> but uh, so anyway, uh, God gets all the glory. And, and so Paul is boasting in what Christ is doing through him. Paul's aim also is to bring the Gentiles uh, to obedience, uh, that God would work in them, sanctifying them. And we looked at that particularly last week. We looked at the difference between uh, justification, sanctification, and glorification, which we all look forward to, with emphasis on uh, sanctification. means to make holy, a process by which God is making us holy, obedient to God's will through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm quickly going through just the review, so you'll be up to speed. But uh, we see that uh, it is God. It is God who uh, is doing this. Uh, It comes from faith in Christ. That is sanctification. Let's turn to Acts uh, and I want us to be really clear on this because a lot of people have the idea that, well, I believe in, in Jesus, that saves me. Now I take over and, uh, and do this. No. Huh. Let's read uh, what it says in uh, <clears throat> Acts uh, uh, four, uh, 26, uh, 17, and, and 18. <clears throat> I think it's pretty clear. Rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light. This is what Jesus is saying to Paul. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been what? Sanctified by what? Faith. You're not sanctified by pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, by your own works, and, and by doing better. No. It's by faith. And we need to understand that. You grow uh, by grace through faith. Salvation is by faith and faith alone. And uh, as Dr. Hudson said, past, present, and future. And so, uh, that's, that's pretty clear. And uh, we, we saw that it's Paul said, it's Christ in me. We looked at that. Uh, 
that he would impart to you his holiness, his purity. Uh, it's that that we are actually received. Uh, when we receive Christ, we receive the fruit of the Spirit. We receive Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we looked at the differences between justification and sanctification quickly. Uh, justification is instant. Sanctification is, is progressive. Uh, justification is our standing. Sanctification is the state of growth in holiness that we might be more like Christ. Justification is coming to Christ and uh, uh, sanctification uh, is growth in holiness. Uh, and uh, also justification is God working for us. Sanctification is God working in us. Uh, it is uh, justification is the work of God, uh, the Son, primarily, although the Trinity is involved. Sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit. Justification is getting, uh, and I love this one, justification is getting the sinner into heaven. Sanctification is getting heaven into the sinner. And I like that. And so anyway, we discussed that, and, and uh, just so you'll be uh, of where, uh, of what we, we looked at. But uh, you're justified by faith and you cannot become more justified okay you can become more sanctified and uh, that's what Paul's desire here is remember I use the illustration of a little baby you're holding this little baby but a a month later you're still holding the same little baby two months later here's the same little baby you would say something's wrong here two years later you're still holding the same little baby so, uh, uh, sanctification is growing, growth in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. And uh, uh, that is by faith. Uh, but we're declared righteous. Uh, we're justified by faith. But we're being sanctified by faith as well. And then I ask the question, are you better off? Uh, or not better off, but as, as Reagan said, but are you better than you were Four years ago. Are you better than you were four years ago? Are you more set apart for service to God? And I'm seeing God doing that in the lives of, of this congregation. And that excites me. Uh, uh, are you more focused upon Christ? Are we less absorbed with the things of this world? And one of the verses uh, I used was Colossians 3 2. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Are you growing in grace? That's what we talked about. Are you growing? Are you being changed from within? Now there's a fight that goes on between our old nature and our new nature, and that continues till we die. But uh, are you growing in the grace? You know, as, as I read this, I think we can see, and I can see this throughout Paul's writings, Paul never got over the fact that God chose a Christian killer, a wretched person like him, and saved him. Think about it. I hope I never get over the fact that God saved a wretched person like me by his grace. And mercy, because I was kicking against the pricks, 
if I could go and just tell you everything and uh, you'd say, wow, how did you ever get saved? But God is gracious. And that's, that's uh, the way Paul, I believe, uh, thought uh, we should never get over the fact that God chose us and works now through us. And Paul is saying, uh, look, God at work. This is all a work of God by grace, by the Holy Spirit. And we're to give Him all the glory. And, uh, and this should produce some things in us. This should uh, create, for one thing, a deep humility. Humility in us. Pride ought to be erased. It's by grace you're saved. Uh, why? Because it is God who is doing it. It is God who works in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And you know, it's amazing. Uh, This should give us uh, a a real confidence, real confidence that God is doing it uh, because He can even use the poor efforts of us to accomplish His purpose. He He can even take uh, a, a, a poor effort at a sermon and use it. He can use you in your poor effort to witness to somebody. And their lives can be changed radically. He can use you. And this should encourage us and give us confidence because God is at work. Let us never forget that. Also, it will produce more glory to God. Because we see that He is the one who is working. He gets the glory. Remember in uh, Hebrews 13, this was the uh, Easter passage. But uh, and he says uh, in verse 21, Equip you in every good thing to do His will. Working in us. You see, and I think Paul is the author of this book. But that's when, yeah, we're not going to talk about that now. But the idea of working in us, that which is pleasing in His sight. It's God working in us that which is pleasing in His sight. Give Him the glory. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory. I mean, that's what you think, and that's what follows. To Him be the glory uh, forever and ever. If you read above that, He is the shepherd, we are the sheep. Why does it remain that way for all eternity? So He gets the glory. He gets the glory. He is the great shepherd of the sheep. And, uh, and then last we saw that all Christians are full of goodness from verse 14. And uh, in other words, God is working in every one of us. Not just me, the preacher, and I've got to do all the work. No. He says we're able to admonish, admonish each other. What is this telling me? I need you as much as you need me. I need you, brother. I need you praying for me. And I remember uh, Dr. Hudson said, pray for this man. I'll never forget that. You know, some things just kind of, and I want you to. You pray for me. That God would uh, enable me to preach the gospel and, and, uh, and tell the truth and, and not uh, fail to do that. My job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Believe it or not, you can win people. You can have an influence on people that I can never touch. That would never come here, but you can reach them where they are. 
And uh, now, today, that's the review. Uh, today, how does Christ bring about the obedience of the Gentiles? Did you see it in verses 18 and 19? Uh, turn back to, to out of Acts, but uh, Romans 15. He says in verses 18 and 19, For I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles. That's two weeks ago. And then has this, uh, what are the instruments that God uses, that Christ uses, by word and deed, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit. Whoa. Whoa. Three things. Here you go. I mean, there's a, a three-point outline. Uh, that's what they always said, have three points and a point. Well, I don't have a point. But <laughs> these are your points here. And uh, uh, wonderful points they are. Uh, you know, we find in this passage itself, in verses 19, uh, 20, and 21, we see the emphasis that is placed on word. Now, he says word indeed. But the Word of God, the Word of God, even in this passage that Paul mentions here, if if you notice, the Word is prominent. He says, in signs and in the power of the Spirit, so that uh, from Jerusalem round about as far as Illyricum, I have fully, what? Preached the gospel. That's Word. The gospel of Christ. And that's what we need to be proclaiming. And thus, I aspire to, again, preach the gospel word, not where Christ was already named, so that I would not build on another man's foundation. But it is written, they who had no news, in other words, they had not heard or had been told, that's what, word, shall see. And they who have not heard shall understand. So how how is... Someone, how does someone come to know Christ? We've already been over it in Romans 10, 70. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. We need to be preaching the word. You need to be, when you witness, you need to use the word of God and, and give people scripture because it is powerful. The gospel is powerful. And it changes lives uh, by word and deed, he says. But particularly word. Uh, other verses concerning this. And uh, we'll see more. 1 Corinthians one twenty one. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the what? Foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you. In other words, that you heard, which also you received, in which you also stand, by which you also are saved. There's a sermon there. If you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, and he gives us, defines the gospel. Of first importance, that which I, Paul, also received after hearing it, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that He was raised the third day according to the Scriptures. You get the idea that the, the Word of God is important. 
and uh, we need to be telling people the Word of God. Uh, deeds are great, and we need to all have deeds in our lives, doing good things, uh, maybe signs and wonders. I'd say two of the deeds he, that are mentioned here. Uh, we need to uh, be helping other people and, uh, and what have you, but deeds do not communicate the gospel. They just don't. I mean, a miracle does not communicate the gospel. You see what I'm saying? I mean, miracles are wonderful. I'm going to tell you about one in a minute. If we have time, I may have to wait the next week. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but, but uh, this is incredible. This is in, in uh, uh, yeah, be nice to them. Be nice to people. And, and, but what do you do when they say, Andrew shared this with me. Andrew said, well, they always tell me I'm so nice. You know what Andrew does? He says, it's Christ in me. Right, brother? Amen. It's Christ in me. It's not me. It's Christ in me. That's who you see. You don't see the old Andrew. Well, maybe you do sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to. I have to say amen to that too. And and, but uh, we see these. Uh, 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 here's another passage. For what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Say again, the word in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we are what preaching, hearing the word. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The importance of the Word of God. Also, Acts 14.3, we see this together. Therefore, they spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord, who was testifying to what? The word of His grace. But also granting that signs and wonders be done uh, by their hands. So we, two, we see the two again together. Uh, the gospel and that was accompanied, uh, 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 witnessed to by uh, deeds and miracles. So there's a relationship here. But the emphasis is on the word of God. God may not ever use you to perform a miracle. But I tell you what, if you give somebody the Word of God and they come to know Christ, thank you. I won't even say it because you said it. It's a miracle. I guess I did say it. But it's a miracle. Now, secondly, by signs and wonders, these two deeds that, that are mentioned here. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, uh, Barnabas reported to the council at uh, Jerusalem like this. Uh, he says, after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brethren, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word, again, hear the word of the gospel. See, we, I, I didn't, matter of fact, I hadn't even prepared to use that, but there it is. Uh, I had another thought in this passage. And believe, and God who knows the heart testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to you, and made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by what? Thank you. Now therefore, why do you put God to the test? 
placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke. And of course, there were those that, remember, there were those that came in and said you had to be circumcised to be saved. And, uh, and so this is what he's talking about, the, uh, uh, adding that to, to salvation. He says, which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear, but we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they uh, also are. All the people kept silent and they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating what signs and wonders had God, God had done through them among the Gentiles. That's kind of just kind of added at the end. But before that is what? Boy, the power of the word and believing and trusting. And Oh, by the way, there were signs and wonders. I mean, that's kind of how I read that. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, signs and wonders can, can uh, really support and witness to. And, and I'm not against them. I believe in them. Uh, uh, but the word of God, the word of God. Now, what do these signs and wonders refer to that Paul's talking about? We have uh, in Acts chapter 16, um, Acts 16, uh, 16 through 18, it happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl had a spirit of divination met us who was bringing her masters, who bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very moment. That's a miracle. (laughs) I don't care what you say, that's a miracle. And you know what? Her life was dramatically changed. Matter of fact, to the point where the, her, her master said, golly, no more fortune teller. Our prophet is, is gone. And so they weren't very happy. Right? They, and what, what, what happened? They were thrown into jail. And of course, what, the, remember the jailer is called the Philippian jailer. Uh, it says, but after midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. Whoa. You, did you catch that? They were in chained. They'd been beaten with rods. If you read the uh, what I left out, what are they doing? Praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the uh, the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone chains were unfastened. That's another miracle. Have you ever had just handcuffs fall off? Uh, I haven't been in handcuffs. (laughs) No, actually I was. That's for another day. Don't you love this? It's fun to preach. I just... (laughs) Because, uh, uh, anyway. A great earthquake, so they was, and all the doors were open, and everyone stood. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for, for we are all here. Because you see, if they were gone, he was going to lose his life. See, that's the idea here. 
That's in other words, you're guarding these people. And like my dad had said in the Marine Corps, uh, and he was put in guard of these three guys that were going to probably be put to death. I mean, they'd done this heinous crime. And guess what? He had guard with a guard with three rounds of ammunition. Said, if these people escape, you take their place. And they meant it. In other words, uh, no hanky-panky there. It was, it was serious business. And this was serious business here. And uh, so where was I? Uh, it says, but he cried out a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself. We're all here. And he called for lights and, and, and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And he got saved because he saw that miracle. Is that what it says? No, no, it goes on. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Seeing the miracle didn't save him. They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord together with all who were in the house. Hallelujah. The power is in the word. The power is in the word, brethren. We need to be preaching the word. We need to be witnessing using the word of God. God is so good. Now, the question comes up, and I know you've probably already thought about it, and there's great debate today. Should we expect signs and wonders today? Should we expect signs and wonders today? Or have they ceased? Is the church now... uh, uh, Of course, we know it hasn't because people are saved, and like you said, that's the greatest miracle. But what about these signs and wonders? Well, I'm fixing to tell you about one. Here it is. My great niece, Sarah Jane. Uh, I mean, they were in tears. They were broken hearted. They didn't know what to do. She's lost, I forget, 13, 10 pounds. Janine could probably tell you this better than me. <laughs> She's always wanted to preach, I tell you. But, uh, and so... I mean, they were desperate. And Janine saw Sarah Jane yesterday. I didn't. And Janine said she looks very bad. And they, the doctor said she probably has leukemia. And, of course, the whole family is distraught and praying. And just uh, 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 the, the mother, Rachel, is, is blaming herself for the child's condition. If she had done this and hadn't done that and what have you. Well, anyway, uh, they went and, and, and took her to this uh, uh, these people, and they had some rose oil. Now, I don't know anything about these essential oils other than they were put on me, and, and I had uh, some shingles done away with. But they, t- they took this oil, and they poured it on Sarah Jane. And they, they emptied the whole bottle. And this stuff's expensive. Emptied the whole bottle and rubbed it on her. Looked at the bottle. It was still full. And they poured it on Sarah Jane and rubbed it all over and looked at the bottle and it was still full. Is that right? That's a miracle. Not only that, but all the darkness, uh, not all because of exaggeration of a preacher, but the, uh, the, her, her lips. and Anyway, she, she just began to uh, change in appearance. I don't know all the details. Uh, more later, uh, more to come later. But uh, 
That's a miracle. So when you ask me, is God still in the miracle working business? He is. I saw it with my own daughter whose eye was healed. Uh, we We could all start testifying of God's gracious work. Matter of fact, when you read First uh, Corinthians twelve eight through eleven, for to one is given the word of wisdom, and here we have the gifts that are given the church. You know, we like to pick and choose and say, "Now this one's for the day, that one's not." This one, okay, yeah, no, no, I don't like that, you know. But he says, through the Spirit, and to another word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit and to another affecting of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing of miracles, and, and, and so forth. See, I believe God is, is, is still in the miracle working business. And the greatest of that, of course, is salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. May, uh, you know, I want to be clear about that. Because you can have miracles and see miracles as uh, the uh, Israelites did. And still not believe. And then he talks about the power, thirdly, the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Brethren, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need his power. I pray, and your prayer ought to be, Every day, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I need you. Fill me. Fill me. Let's pray. Father, I just praise you and thank you for your word, that it is a light unto our path. Lord, that that you have been so gracious in giving us your word. You demonstrated your love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. And yet you have given us your word that we can live by it and be blessed by it and grow in, in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Lord, we give you all the praise and the glory like Paul did. Lord, forgive me forever taking credit for anything because it is you working in me by your mighty power, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just thank you for uh, uh, this miracle that you performed on Sarah Jane. How the mother just collapsed on the floor from that power that came. Lord, we, we just praise you and thank you that you are God a a wonder-working God. First of all, in saving us, you're the great healer of our souls, but Lord, you're also uh, the healer of our bodies. And we thank you for that. We've got so much to praise you over, Lord. Help us to do that, oh God, to rely upon you, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. In his precious name we pray, amen.